You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to the Locked On Youth Podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's settle down here. Stay in your lane there, sir. This is the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by rockauto.com. And I have two special guests with me today. My name is Brian Brown. You know me as the Brown Bear, sitting in his favorite comfy chair. No Jay Catch this week. He's out serenading the seas in some great lake somewhere. Maybe a bearer of a lake. I don't even know. I'm joined today by two special guests. Guest one, guest two, myself. But I want to address something because with these two special guests, we have a special text thread in said thread. One of these special guests texted this to me the other day, said, hey, you host a podcast. Aren't you supposed to speculate on things? And said guest said... Did we see the very last play of Cam Rising? And so I want to pose the question. Cam, why do you hate Cam Rising? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's good to be back. (laughs) Good to be back in the back house recording a bit. I I wish people could see this because it's great because Cam's holding the microphone like he's Ricky Bobby. I've never had to hold the microphone before. We always used stands before. We did. We did. I just want to say, so that was a little joke we wanted to play, a little introduction. It is the Blockcast game back together here on the Locked on Youth podcast. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining in, for hanging hey, out with me. wait a minute. You're not dropping that about me in the text <laughs> combo and then not letting me defend myself. Anyway, enough about what Cam said. Before we can get to any additional context, I'd like to uh, move on. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, just want to say changed, thank you. That's <laughs> what happens when you have to podcast we by yourself. To, we used to go on tangents immediately. This is what I'm used to. <laughs> well, we don't and have now any... you're just like, do we have a show plan? Like, <laughs> I'd have to find it. I don't know where I left it. It's been two years. <laughs> we should probably clarify that we're not in the actual old Blockcast studio right now. No, so. we're... We're 25 yards away from it. We've, 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 we're in a remote location now. Um, wanted to thank you guys for joining me for doing this. I know that people are super excited to hear from both of you. Uh, they hear from me way too often, so I think that's really the joy of it all. But I think in joking, you know, we, we wanted to start out talking about the quarterbacks because I think it is the hot-button issue right now with the University of Utah. Uh, the Steve and I kind of talked about this already, but it's 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 just buzzing everywhere right now online. Uh, Team Thick Boy, aka Bad Mood Rising, uh, Thick Boy, the Cam Rising crowd, and then you've got Team Trouble Brewing, Charlie Brewer, Ooh. Tru- Trouble Brewering. A, I don't that's, know. That's a Brown Bear special right there. That's what I do. That's the only thing I add to this podcast anymore. <laughs> but I wanted to kind of bring that up and talk a little bit about it because I think. There is an interesting dynamic here, which is the biggest question I have is, if you're Kyle Whittingham, when do you announce your starter? Because I think that's the part about this question that's really kind of the unique part about it, right? Like, because I mean, if you're asking about Kyle Whittingham, he would never announce his starter if he didn't have to. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. 
But this is the interesting part about the program, right? And the evolution of it is because they've gotten past the point where they have to cater to one player. There's legitimately how many guys do you think can play quarterback this year? I think there's at least three on the roster that could start a game for the Utes. Name them. Cam Rising. Okay. Charlie Brewer. Okay. Who's the third? You think my you think Jaquindon is number three? You think it J train the J the J train? I, I do actually. You think, think... J train could start? Okay, so, listen. I you obviously know we've talked a lot in the in the last you know two years privately. <laughs> you know I love Jackson. Love love. I it's I think it's very simple. I think we as college football fans overthink the football the quarterback position sometimes, especially in college football, because when you have a guy who's bigger than everybody else and faster than everybody else. That guy's hard to tackle, and you don't you don't need to be that good of an offensive player for guys not to tackle you in college football. Like like having a guy that's that size and that mobile coming out of the backfield is a huge advantage. I mean, I don't know. Like there's there's plenty of examples of when we've seen it. The like most recently, sorry, Steve. Oh no no no! I was just gonna say this. This was something that we talked about as we watched the national championship game and watching. You know, Clemson and Alabama, they've, you know, they've just got guys galore, right? They don't run a complicated scheme. They don't overthink things. They run a very basic offense. They just have better talent. They've got bigger, faster, stronger guys. And I think your your infatuation with Jaquindon Jackson is the fact that he's a bigger, stronger, faster guy where you can you can really just say, hey, like, we're going to do this. Good luck stopping it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We watched Cam Newton win a national championship doing just that, right? Like, they ran him, and then he just threw deep balls to super fast dudes. They didn't have a Chris Curry. They didn't have a TJ Pledger. They didn't have a Tavion Thomas. They did not have a Makai Bernard. Now, they had some decent backs at, at Auburn at that point in time. I think Utah's got they an equal the, uh, collection. They had the was down, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, they had the guy that, that didn't get tackled, that ran for a touchdown. They had that guy. He was down. Yeah, against oh. Oregon. Dix? Was it Dix? He rolled yeah, over the it, guy. It, it's Michael Dix, right? Mm -hmm. Is that yeah, sure. D-I-X. Michael yeah, Dix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. D-I-X. Mm -hmm. Michael Dix. Is that right? I don't know. I don't have... I, I haven't we're going to have to Google that, that one. That's, we'll let the researchers get to that one. But I think the point that I was trying to make initially is that, like, in the system that Utah has built, they have two quarterbacks that can for sure play in that in Cam Rising and Charlie Brewer. Whoever I think is the best decision maker, as we've kind of talked about is going to win the job. Michael, not Miguel. My, you thought it was Miguel? I spelt it Miguel. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, but my, my thinking was this, is that if you've got those two, you can pivot the offense to having, you know, if, if there is a problem with a quarterback, if there's an injury, you can pivot the offense and run like Cam is saying, using your athletes, which are Quinn and Jackson, to run – to run the offense. And the other part about it too, is it's like, you don't really need to throw a lot of like technical passes. Like we're, we're not trying to throw. Whoa, 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 hold up. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. I agree with Brian. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Listen, no, cause like no, this, if, this is why I'm so on board with J train. Cause right. like, if you are, if you are running this offense correctly with a guy like, I mean, again, we're not, we're not trying to say he's going to be Cam Newton. If he was going to be Cam Newton, there would be no discussion about who the starter was going to be. Like Cam Newton's the most dominant quarterback we've seen in college football. He was also a bargain at 250. Maybe, yeah. Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. Did you watch? Like that Auburn team was not that good. Yeah. Well, 
So Cam Burrow Newton was different. Was, Tim Tebow. Cam Newton was that good. Burrow okay, was fair. different. Yes. Burrow no, was fair. Yeah. Burrow very was fair. different because what Burrow Cam did Newton is he was a monster. Yeah. But no, but I agree. With he was Ryan a single like, monster, right? You, like, yes. Yes. Obviously, if you have like we would all love to have a prototypical pocket QB who was Peyton Manning put put a ball wherever he wants it whenever he wants it, right? That's not those are Jaquindan. few and far between in college football. Yeah. So if you've got a guy that's super hard to tackle and you can get linebackers and safeties to creep up because of it, who cares if he throws an accurate pass? Yeah, you Throw can. The Britton Covey, Theo but, Howard, but, Solomon Enos. So maybe you're making Brent, the point. Keithy. They're going to do just fine. Yeah, how'd Percy Harvin do in Florida with his with Tim Tebow thrown at him? Decent. <laughs> he did okay. He did okay. But I think the point that you're making, Steve, is that there is the kind of talent now at Utah to where you don't have to run super complicated stuff, right? Am Correct. I, that's fair. But Thomas Yasmin. Yeah, well, who boy. Now, apparently he is just like Do I, I need to go further down the list? No, because we can do this all night. Like we, we talked about Solomon Enos, like Jalen Dixon with an offense where think if you're stacking the box with eight and nine guys and you can throw over the top of Dixon on a backside post. Love it. Think about RPO stuff with that. Thinking about it, right? Like RPO, RPO all day long, and you watch the safety, and he's your read guy. Like, okay, I see him creeping. Boom! I'm over the top to 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 Dixon. Boom! It is a very simple offense, but I think that the overarching point of what I'm trying to say here is is that Charlie Brewer is the starter. If Charlie Brewer is a starter, how soon do you announce that? If if there is a thought that Cam Rising is going to transfer, he's absolutely. I I mean I. Again, I, I'm, I'm not at practice. I'm not there. But Nobody's not? at practice, Cam. We don't even get to, use that to me, as an excuse. We don't even get to but go to on the facility. Yeah, but I've never been to practice. <laughs> Y'all have at least been there. Um, he's the guy. I'm not trying to say J Train is the guy. Right? That's I hope like that is not what I'm implying. I'm just saying that like if if this were you know the tweets are coming. If this, this were any other year, if this weren't a year where I'm like, oh yeah, Utah could compete for this health. Like if this were actually going to be a down year, like I would be like, yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Put put like Jaquindon back there and let him let him do his thing. Let's like, ride the J Train. That is fun football in college. But and but sorry, no, you're. I just want to say. Like, Cam Rising, I don't think he's going to transfer. This text that we brought up, I, I want to get ahead of this before yeah. I get the tweets. Well, and this is the big... <laughs> it's so it's that over. So that I People already hit tweet again. before you said that, Cam. They've already, already hit tweet. already tweeting as we're recording this. Yeah, so people... I just got a horrible feeling. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disturbance in the force. <laughs> the Twitter force. <laughs> but like so that's the thing is I think that this is this is indicative of this new era with the University of Utah though, right? Like they're a team that is willing to go in and out of the transfer. This is a team that just took two commitments from two quarterbacks because they know that if, like at some point one of them's gonna transfer. That's just an inevitability. So I wonder if that changes how Kyle Whittingham operates when he names a, a, a starter, number one. Number two, I think the more important point to make out of all this is I think that this might be the best quarterback competition that we've ever seen at the University of Utah. I agree. I, I think, yeah. No, I, Cam, you're making the face, but I, I, I think... It's not the bad face. It's the, oh it's my the gosh, pondering. wait a second, what? Let me think about this face. Yeah. And the smirk you, and the smile. You didn't smile. know that was coming, did you? I, I Magic and man. So, I didn't know that was coming. So I, history history shows us, right, that, that Kyle Whittingham is going to wait till the very end of camp to name a starter, at least publicly. Normally, and sometimes not even until game day, right? right? <laughs> like, 
That's that's what history shows Flashback us. Flashback right? to Kendall Thompson and Travis Wilson. Right? Flashback to I was last say, year. I don't, I, don't know <laughs> yeah. told, I don't know if he told Travis Wilson Kendall Thompson was starting the UCLA. Game. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like that's the thing is is history shows us that he's going to wait. This year is is so unique in that you've got two really good quarterbacks, both of which have very legitimate cases at winning the job. Right. Um, when do you announce the starter? I think, you know, I, you could do it midway through camp if you feel really good about one. I don't know. But I think um, I think regardless, it's so important that Utah keeps both of them in-house because you're going to need both of them at some point this season. I firmly believe, at least history has shown us that as well, is you're going to need two quarterbacks at some point, and not just at Utah, but you look at USC, what they've had to deal with over the last couple of years with quarterback injuries and all that. You look at programs across Oregon the State, Oregon State, UCLA. Like, you're gonna need two quarterbacks. Everybody last year played two quarterbacks, right? Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. Washington, US did USC? I think Slovis made it through every game, but they didn't really have anybody to back him up at that point. Yeah, either, they didn't right? have. They didn't have anybody. So that's the other part about it too is that this quarterback room is loaded to where it's like even if you get down to the four string guy who is Peter Costelli, and, and we still don't know what's gonna happen. Well, I guess yeah. Um, even when you get down to Peter Costelli, like that's still some like there's still some tant- tantalizing potential with tantalizing, him, right? Like Costelli is basically uh, skinny J Train. Can we call him P Train? C Train? Cam is mm, not convinced of this. Just a quick reminder that the NBA Draft Goat, Chad Ford, will be hosting our live NBA Draft show. Locked on NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow and Locked on NBA host John Corrales will be live with him as well, covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked on NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Bill Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, I mentioned earlier, the show is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of the make and models, don't go to your local store where they're only stocking so many things. Go to rockauto.com because you know your vehicle, you know the part you want. You don't need to trust the guy behind the counter to look through the book for you. Go ahead and do it online at rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. But I think all of this is indicative of... Lightning McQueen. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Lightning McPee. I like Lightning that. Lightning McPee. I like that. I like that. I think that works. McQueen yeah. McPee. Something like that. Speed. I am you speed. You run a 10-6, 100 Pixar's, meter time. Pixar is going to mail, send some letters to us. But no. we'll be there next week so they can hand it to Ed me. Ed Catmull is a youth. In person. can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> all right. So getting back to it, because I think we meandered as we tend to do uh, past the issue. This is the best quarterback competition 
of the Kyle Whittingham era? I say yes. Well, then it's it's. I mean, I think we can realistically say ever. Then right? Like, I don't think Utah's before the Kyle Whittingham era did Utah ever have multiple talented QBs on the roster competing for a starting spot that any of us can recall. <laughs> Brett Elliott and Alex Smith in two thousand three, but we didn't know. Oh that yeah, Alex who Smith. won that battle? <laughs> Well, technically, Brett Elliott did. Sure, but I mean, like, in, we can all agree in hindsight. And so, the jumping through hoops, Alex Smith was a number one draft pick. It's only logical that Brett Elliott would have been the <laughs> pick before him. Yeah, I mean, so Brett Elliott would have been pick negative, or what? How does that work? <laughs> How do you go before one, what pick is zero? It, Mr. What is the Mr. Irrelevant? Irrelevant. Mr. Most Relevant? Mr. Super Relevant. Mr. Insignificant. All right, we're off the rails again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, but, no, no, no. But no, I think I might. I, I think second place to me is Troy Williams and Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I agree. Um, I The reason I made the face that you referenced earlier was because that to me felt like the obvious answer. And so thinking more about, I'm curious, why do you think, Steve, that this is a... This is a more competitive or a better QB room with because realistically we're talking about Charlie Brewer and Cam Rising. Pe- yeah, Peter Costello's not ready. He's not. No. Com- he's not realistically competing for the starting right. job. Neither is J Train. Like so between those two guys and Tyler and Troy, I'm curious why you think this is a better QB room. So I kind of look at it. If, look at it comparatively, right? If if we're looking at it, Troy Williams, Charlie Brewer, who wins that competition between those two? I I mean. 9,700 yards, however many touchdowns he's thrown for. The fact that he played four years at the at the highest level at, at Baylor compared to Troy Williams, who had, what, a, a, a decent year in, I, in 2016. I genuinely believe he is the most underrated Utah I agree. quarterback. I agree. Ever. Like, he... Totally. Yeah. Anyway. I would argue that Troy... Not to interrupt. Sorry. I would argue that Troy Williams would have started if Utah had better talent surrounding him, but they just felt more confident. They had to Tyler. start over. Yeah. They started over with a lot of young pieces on, on the offense, and it made sense to go with Tyler yep. Huntley. And if you if you remember that Utah-BYU game to start off the season, it was all Tyler Huntley. He was yeah. the only way that they got the ball rolling, and I don't know that Troy Williams was quite there. He was a much better game manager, much more methodical. I thought by the time... The end of the year rolled around where he was just methodical marching the offense down the field against Colorado. Once Zach Moss had established himself as a go-to back, he was absolutely the better quarterback at that yeah. point. Yeah, and so like coming back to it, like I think Charlie Brewer versus Troy Williams. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give the edge to Charlie Brewer there. The comparison between Tyler Huntley and Cameron Rising is interesting because at that point we didn't know a lot about Tyler Huntley. Like we we still don't know a lot about about Cameron rising, right? I think they're similar because if, if you remember Tyler Huntley got reps in the bowl game against Indiana, I don't know exactly how many, but I'm sure it's comparative to the number of, of snaps that Cameron rising got last year, which was 14, something like that. Maybe, maybe a little more Tyler Huntley got a little more. And so, um, you know, I, I think, I think that's a comparative, I think that's comparable in terms of the talent level between the two, Cameron Rising and Tyler Huntley. Um, and so I go with Charlie Brewer and, and, and Troy Williams, the separation there. And, and that's why I, I give the most competitive quarterback competition ever to Charlie Brewer and Cameron Rising. That's interesting because I, I don't feel like before this conversation, I I don't know necessarily how I would have 
if you would have said Troy Williams and Tyler Huntley, who are their comparable counterparts on Utah's current roster, I don't know if I would have said Troy was Charlie and Tyler was Cam. And I don't know why. I don't, you know, I think I, th- I think I would have flipped that, and I'm not sure why. Like your reasoning makes perfect sense. We know so much more about Charlie Brewer. We've seen so much of him. We don't know anything about Cam Rising. Cam Rising's a sophomore. Tyler Huntley was coming in as a sophomore. Like it's there's a lot of parallels that make a lot of sense that. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, like I said, I, when you first mentioned that, I, I think I disagreed, but I think you're right. I think I agree with you. It's, it's certainly, well, Brian's I don't think right. there's, well, he made the point. I just explained it all. Well, oh, I see. The weird part about it too. Mansplain. And apparently. The important yeah. thing, the important thing is that I'm wrong. And <laughs> so <Yes>. we're back. <laughs> just like old times, baby. Just like old times. Nothing has changed because nothing is ever changing. But I think the other part of it too that's really fascinating is you mentioned that Cam Rising is a sophomore. Now he this is he's going into his third year at the University of Utah after one year at Texas. That's a really weird thing too. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, the fact that he's now had he's on his third year in the system. Like like he knows the system. So that's the other aspect of this that makes it so fascinating to me and what really delineates it from the Tyler Huntley versus Troy Williams comparison because Tyler was just a, he was just a gunslinger out there just kind of going and, and doing and whatever. And Cam is not that. Like he's been through the system. He's watched it in the booth multiple times. You know, he he's now been been through rehab and, and been through the strength program now for two straight years. So it's not like he's this entire unknown and we've seen him actually in practice so we know what to expect him and it's it's hard to really say this but he is baby baker mayfield yeah no i haven't seen it in action and and i can the biggest thing that the the biggest pause i can i can kind of put out there is i remember watching him against usc and they're running an action where the primary read is to the right side of the field and on the back side they've got britain covey on the underneath and, and Cam misses the hop, and he's supposed to hit Britton right off the bat, and he ends up taking a sack, but Britton was on the backside for the hot, and if he hits Britton for the hot, it's lights out. You know what I mean? And, and that was the early critique against Cam and, and the offensive line was like they couldn't handle the pressure. That's the kind of stuff that now he's seen and had game experience a little tiny bit that I wonder if it's enough to catapult him past Charlie Brewer. Yeah, maybe I think Cameron Rising is certainly talented enough where he's, if he wins the job, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, um, he's got all the talent in the world. We don't know what Cameron Rising is going to be. We and just don't know what he's going to do in games right, right now, right? right. Like, that's the biggest question mark. You, you talked about Tyler Huntley being a gunslinger, and, and for all we know, Cam Rising may, may end up being a gunslinger. Like, there are reasons to be optimistic that he wouldn't be mm-hmm. because of the time that he's had spending with Andy Ludwig side-by-side yeah. in the booth, watching him call plays and seeing the game that he, the way that he does – that helps like those things help um but it's just funny like going back thinking back to it during that quarterback competition in 2016 that spring camp for tyler huntley was awful it was atrocious like watching him in 2016 spring camp and and you can talk to others that maybe went to practice like it was like holy smokes this guy's got a ways to go there's no way he's ready and then come fall camp like for whatever reason, things clicked, and he, he wins the job. And so it's it's funny looking back on that situation and knowing what we know about Tyler now and just the progress that he made in those short few months. 
um, and the progress he made as a player over the next three years, um, I would argue that the most progress he made during his career, as crazy as this sounds, is those were those summer months between spring camp 2016 and and spring camp or 2017 spring camp 2017 and sp- and fall camp 2017 because he was completely different after those after those 5 6 months. Okay, I'm going to press you on this cuz I'm curious. I have a question and then a follow up. Ooh. I don't like How this. much of Tyler being picked over Troy was Troy Taylor? was Troy Taylor's doing and because he wanted to build someone in the future. And the follow-up is looking at the, the career Tyler had with Utah and how much he did for and at Utah. Was that the right move? And then does that suggest that maybe starting Cam Rising is the right move? That's, that's a fantastic question. And I do think that Troy Taylor... With his offense, the way that it was set up, um, I do think that Tyler Huntley was a better fit for it because Troy Williams had a big arm. He loved to throw deep, and he was effective throwing deep. But in that Troy Taylor offense, it was more about the short stuff, the timing stuff, the quick reads, right? And I think Troy recognized that and and went with the young guy. And I do think that in part, part of that was understanding that he would be able to build with him moving forward, right? So maybe you take some lumps that you wouldn't have taken with Troy Williams in tw- in 2017, but you know that Tyler was going to be better for it moving moving forward. And I think his career what we saw in 2018 and 2019, like it was it was absolutely worth it. Um the difference between that 2017 team and that 29th or the this team in 2021 where we're comparing Tyler Huntley and and Cameron Rising in these situations, I don't think that that 2017 team had a championship. I don't think that they were competing for a championship the way that this 2021 team um, has... Right, 2015 was the was the year the the big year, right? Where they were they went up to number three. And right. 2016 was the like the, the, the Joe Williams year. He the Joe gets Williams hot year, nine the, games. The, the, the Washington game yep. at Rice Eccles and game day, and um, and then 2017 was kind of the fall off. 2016 right. was Cal too, right? And did they kick off? 2015 was Cal. Okay, because that was back to back. Cal right. 2015, right. 2016 Washington. Um, I want to go back to one thing that Cam mentioned when he said, "Whose decision was it to start?" Tyler Huntley, I, I think if you listen to the narrative, people are going to say that it's Kyle Whittingham's, right? My personal belief from talking to people around the program, from the more seeing Whittingham work and everything like that, I truly believe that was 100% Troy Taylor's decision and that what it takes is this. If you have a decision that you want to make, you have to present it to Kyle in a way that he can agree with it. Right, because I think we see that example a hundred percent now with what's happening with the offensive line recruiting, because Kyle loves those big, mauler, thick boy offensive linemen, <laughs> multiple C's, like as many X's in their underwear Boys. on those on the uh, C's, right? Yeah, three and four X's. I think I had twenty C's on that thick boy. Maybe not enough. We'll have to see. But I think what's happened is over time. Uh, for better or worse, Jim Harding has talked Kyle into a more leaner, a longer, a more athletic version of their offensive line, and we're starting to see that appear. 
I think the same thing likely happened with Troy Taylor. I don't know if that's going to be the same scenario with Andy Ludwig, but I do believe that Kyle Whittingham trusts Andy Ludwig more than he's ever trusted an offensive coordinator. He's going to give him the opportunity to make that decision. He's going to let Andy live with it. If it costs them a game or two, Kyle will take that decision back and make it on his own. If it's Andy Ludwig's decision, then that's that's all the reasoning I need that, like I said, no, we're not expecting – uh, Jaquindon Jackson to, re- to realistically be. We know in this. who Cam no. would pick if he was the offense yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. Jay Trent. No question. Cam's but running like, the wishbone back there with like, Chris Curry what, and Brian what is, what is the What is the two-word phrase that follows Andy Ludwig around his entire career? And you'll be hearing the answer to that just around the corner. But if you had to put some money down on what that answer was going to be, I'm going to tell you, there's only one place where you can go to do that, and that's betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, but um, ching. You can track all the action online at betonline.ag. There's MLB, NFL, or NBA draft, NFL mini camps are starting. You can get in on the futures action there. UFC, MMA, Olympics, it's all available for your betting pleasure there at betonline.ag. Go to the website on your laptop or mobile device. The sign-up is super easy. There's all sorts of news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Uh, Go to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word, LOCKEDON, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's betaline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Very productive. Repetitive accuracy. Repetitive oh, accuracy. That's a Steve Bartle special. How'd you oh, miss man, that, son? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> and that's that's what you're getting, I think, from Charlie Brewer and why, to me, it's like, that's your guy. Repetitive putting, accuracy. Putting, putting the ball in places where your guys can move with it. That was what was so key in Repetitive. Well, well, and I think one thing that Tyler Huntley has always struggled with as a quarterback is the pre-snap read. For whatever reason, and I don't know if it was the high school stuff or whatever, his pre-snap reads were not always, like... Super accurate. If you're hearing any dogs crying in the audio, it's because Cam's is, a dog abuser. That is a uh, that's a cameo. Whoa, he is not. He's a lover. That's a cameo from Sakota. Beefy burners, bro. Um, but I I, I agree, voice. Cam. I think that repetitive accuracy. Yeah, that's so funny that you bring that up because if you go back and you I'm read Steve, some of the, Steve, baby. you Woo! did. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I retire. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I've been topped. I've been had. I've been had. Ooh, I'm going to have like recruits in my DMs now. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that repetitive accuracy, I think that that is um, absolutely. That's Andy Ludwig's. That's his thing, man. You got to be repetitive. You got to be accurate and you got to be repetitive with that accuracy. And, And I think part of that is it's not just your ability to throw a ball accurately right like what we learned with jake bentley last year you got to know where to go with the ball and you got to be decisive yeah. that was bentley's biggest problem and i know i appreciate here's the thing everybody watches the game and they know the game on their level right and everybody saw that jake bentley did a good job of extending plays inside the pocket they never should have been extended that long it should have been 1001 1000 ball out yeah and he was three four Five. So, yeah, you're going to have to escape the rush, especially when your offensive linemen are setting and preparing as if it's supposed to be a quick ball out. 
And I think that sometimes the offensive line takes the burden with that. And I'm not trying to make excuses for those oh, guys here in we the go past, again. bro. Brian turning this into an offensive line conversation. They got to pick it up. But I guarantee you that the pressure rate, the sack rate, everything like that, if Charlie Brewer is a quarterback, I can almost promise you it's going to improve a lot. I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest culprit in sacks is the quarterback. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> like it's having having a guy who knows how to uh, how to avoid a sack, getting the ball out, stepping up when they need to and not when they don't need to. Tom Brady, it's huge. It's yeah. It's I, listen. Like I don't. <laughs> we've already gone on for forty five minutes now, either or so about quarterbacks. But like, whatever the QB ends up being, this is such a better situation than last year. Oh because gosh. Worst case, you know your backup quarterback isn't total ass. And that's better than last year. So, better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Regardless of which backup quarterback you go with, right? Right. That's the first part of the Blockcast reunion here on the Locked on Utes podcast. We'll have another one coming up for you tomorrow. More conversation about the team contrasting season from last year to this year talk about the schedule how the results might end up and just lots of good block cast conversation quick reminder that the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by lockdown and odyssey featuring analysis from the goat of nba mock drafts chad ford and odyssey nba experts brian scalabrini and former general manager ryan mcdonough is now available it's the perfect way to get ready for the nba draft our locked on nba local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey app. I may be making an appearance in one of those episodes. We'll wait and see. In the meantime, be sure to stay tuned for tomorrow's episode where Steve Cam and I finish up our conversation here as the Blockcast reunion uh, fi- finishes out the week here on the Locked on Youth podcast. This has been the Locked on Youth podcast for July 22nd, 2021, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.